Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Hello, everybody. Welcome to Astros Baseball. It's Wednesday, March 27th. I'm your host, Rob Fontenot. In this episode, we're going to talk about Carlos Correa and his uh, neck stiffness. We are also going to recap the uh, two exhibition games that the Astros played at Minute Maid Park against the Pirates. And then we're going to talk about the Astros record what the prediction is for the end of the year, and then also take a look at the uh, first four series and see what a realistic win-loss record coming out of those is. So we'll get to all of that, and then we'll do some uh, updates on the podcast, the March giveaway and all that. And we'll do, that. we'll do all of that right after this message from our sponsor. We'll be right back. You're listening to Astros Baseball. All right, Carlos Correa. It says here in uh, Astros.com, a story by Richard Justice, if you want to check it out, Carlos Correa's opening day availability is in doubt. So as you know, Carlos Correa was scratched from the last two games. He did not play either game at Minute Maid Park. It says here in the story that there was a rundown where he had a tag, and he was a little uncomfortable after that. I believe that happened on Friday. So when this happened, and let me tell you this, I am going to stand for Carlos Correa this year, and I'll tell you why. I've been saying all along that a lot of people have forgotten how good Carlos Correa is because... He's only played four seasons, but it just seems like he's always hurt. So I understand the negativity and all of that for Carlos Correa. The, when we won the World Series, he proposed to his girlfriend, who is now his fiance, And ever since that has happened, it has been, let's go after Carlos Correa. So he goes on a honeymoon and posts pictures on Instagram or whatever, and people are dogging him out, saying that he's not even trying to get ready for the season. They have no faith in him. They are calling his uh, girlfriend, his wife, his fiance, whatever you want to call her. 
They are calling her the Yoko Ono of the Houston Astros. So I'm, I don't know that, I mean, these people that are saying this, they are spoiled by Alex Bregman. Alex Bregman is also, has actually overshadowed Jose Altuve. Jose Altuve had 200 hits four years in a row. He's injured last year. Alex Bregman has a good season. And it's almost like Jose Altuve is an afterthought. So those two guys being the top two guys, you've pushed Carlos Correa down even further. If you jump Springer up ahead of him, he's even further down. So Carlos Correa used to be him and Altuve used to be the two stars of the team along with George Springer. But they were the media darlings. They were the, they were the two guys with the handshake, the bobbleheads, all of that. So things are changing. How soon people forget how good someone is. And I'm just saying, I'm pulling for Carlos Correa and I hope all of these people get on social media and apologize for all the negative things that they're saying about him. Now, I know I've said that he seems like someone that wants to go to the Yankees and he seems like someone that is a little too fancy and he wants to be in the uh, media in a bigger market or whatever, but I'm not saying anything about his skills. I know he's had injuries, but when he is not hurt, he is really good. He is he was one of the top 20 players in baseball when he was not hurt and everyone has forgot it and I blame Alex Bregman. If Alex Bregman didn't do so good, everybody would not have forgot about Carlos Correa and Altuve. Like I said, it's crazy. It's crazy that Altuve is not talked about as much. All right, let's move on. Let's move on with it. I've rambled on enough. So they've interviewed A.J. Hinch, and he said, I don't love the fact that we've had to scratch him a couple of days, and he's heading into the season having not played a few days. If someone else has to play, we will still be good. A.J. Hinch goes on to say he's taking ground balls and hitting in the cage, but I won't play him until he is ready. So what's going to happen if Carlos Correa is unable to play on opening day? This, If this happens, I will be upset. I do not know the severity of his injury. I don't think it's going to put him on the I.L., as you recall or remember, if you can remember what I told you before, it is no longer the disabled list. So the IL is very hard to remember. See how long it takes for that to become normal. So we're no longer able to say disabled because it is not politically correct. So what happens if he doesn't play? I don't. It doesn't sound like he's going to play, but he has a stiff neck. It's just crazy. A stiff neck. Now I'm going to start making fun of him too. All right, but anyway, so what happens if he doesn't play? There's many options. 
You can slide Alex Bregman over to play shortstop. And you also have Diaz, who is your utility guy. He can play shortstop. Those are your two options to fill in for Correa at shortstop. My opinion, Diaz at shortstop is not going to happen. And I'll tell you why in a minute. So you go with Alex Bregman at shortstop. You move Yuli Gurriel to third. Tyler White will go to first. And this is assuming that Tyler White was going to start at DH anyway. So your other options would be Yuli at third or Diaz at third. And Yuli can stay at first and Tyler White can steal DH. So there's a lot of options with Diaz in there. But opening day, I do not think he's going to play. I believe out of respect for them already being on the Astros or having tenure or whatever you want to call it, I do not think Diaz is going to get the start. Also, he's not even played very well. So here is my lineup if Carlos Correa does not play. George Springer leading off in center. Altuve hit second. Alex Bregman shortstop. Brantley will hit fourth. Play left field. Yuli will play third. Tyler White at first. Josh Reddick in right. Robinson Chirinos at catcher. And your DH, it will not be Diaz. And so you have to choose between Jake and Tony Kemp. I would love to see uh, Tony Kemp get the nod. But it's not because they love Jake Marisnik like I've always talked about. It's not the love affair. But Blake Snell is a lefty, and that will be the excuse. Jake Marisnik will be in the nine hole. Now, I'm not totally sure if this is going to be the order, but I do believe without Carlos Correa, this is the lineup. If Carlos Correa is in, move him in between Brantley and Yuli Gurriel. Jake Marisnik out of the lineup. Tyler White back in, and he moves up to six. That will be the lineup. You're listening to... Astros baseball. All right, now let's recap those two games that the Astros played at Minute Maid Park on Monday and Tuesday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Forrest Whitley gets the start Monday evening. The Astros win this game 12-9. Forrest Whitley's final numbers, three innings, Six hits and three runs. Uh, One walk, two strikeouts. He did give up a home run. His uh, final ERA in spring training, or for the spring, if that's what you want to call it, was an even 3.0. If you remember, there was another game he pitched where he kind of got tore up at the beginning of the game, and he uh, was very mature, and he stuck with it. He didn't give up. And he didn't give up any more runs after that. And that is sort of what he did on Monday as well. On, in the top of the first, he faced eight batters. He gave up a single and then a double for an RBI right off the bat. He gets the next two guys out, 
And then, with two outs, he gives up a three-run homer. After a walk and a single to get two more guys on base, he then strikes the guy out, the last hitter out, to get out of that jam. He gives up three runs. Second inning, he had a three-up, three-down inning. And then in the third inning, he gets the first two guys uh, out. And then he gives up two singles and then a fly out. So after giving up all the runs in the second and third inning, he ends up getting five guys out in a row. But then he gives up those two singles and finally gets out of it. So not a great outing from him, but I believe that was probably, it had to have been his very first outing or his very first start or whatever you want to call it at Minute Maid Park. So maybe he was just a little nervous and they got a hold of him in the first inning. So in the bottom of the third, the Astros score seven runs. The Astros load the bases and then Springer hits into a force out where Kemp is thrown out at second but Diaz comes in to score. Altuve walks. Alex Bregman then grounds out. And Chirinos comes in to score. It is now 3-2. Brantley singles. George Springer and Alex, I mean, Jose Altuve both come in to score. That makes it 4-3. Yuli Gurriel singles. And then Tyler White with a three-run homer. That made it 7-3. Uh, Diaz, who led the inning off, he grounded out the third to end the threat. The Astros add five more runs to score 12. Uh, the Pirates scored six more runs. The final score, 12-9. to nine. Lots and lots of offense in the Monday night game. Uh, Pitching-wise, Valdez, who just got awarded the uh, bullpen spot, opening day roster, one and two-thirds innings, three hits, Five runs and two walks. His ERA for spring training, 582. If he keeps pitching like this, he's not going to last very long. Josh James, uh, one inning, he gave up three hits. He allowed one run. His his, uh, ERA is 208. So even though James only gave up one run, I would say neither one of these guys really had a good outing. Uh, That's not very good to see. Uh, especially Valdez. This has been my opinion all along. He is not a bullpen guy. He is a starter. I don't think he should be in there, but we'll see if I'm right or not as the year goes on. So offensively, there were six runs out of the 12 scored by the Astros who started, and then the other six runs were scored by the minor leaguers. You had Tyler White with the three-run homer. Nick Tantalou had two RBIs with his homer. Miles Straw and Garrett Stubbs also homer. So there's four homers by the Astros in the game on Monday. So Tuesday was an afternoon game. Uh, That would have been one that I'd like to go to if I didn't have to work. And I lived in Houston. But uh, that J.B. Bukaskis got the start. They announced that him and Corbin Martin were going to take uh, most of this game. Uh, but Pittsburgh wins this one 5-1. to one. J.B. Bukaskis, he pitches the first four innings, gives up three hits and two runs. Uh, one of them was a homer, one walk, and three strikeouts. His ERA for spring was 1.69. Corbin Martin takes the other four innings. 
no hits, no runs. He did walk three batters and strike out six. And then Cy Snead pitches the ninth inning, uh, five hits and three runs allowed, including a home run. Uh, not a good outing for Cy Snead, but he's not going to be on the team anyway. I'm very interested in seeing where these guys are going to go because I'm excited about the Round Rock Express coming here to San Antonio. All righty, you're listening to Astros Baseball. All right, so now let's take a look at the first four series of the season. And this is why I wanted to look at this. Earlier in the morning, someone posted on Twitter, what do you think the Astros' final record will be? So I got my phone out and I typed 162 in the calculator and I multiplied it by 60% and that comes out to 97 wins and I feel that's realistic. I don't think the Astros are as good as they were last year because of the pitching. I think Brantley will help out a little offensively and it might even out a little bit. But you're talking about the Astros winning 103 games. You're talking about them breaking the franchise record two years in a row. So I'm, I'm thinking 97 is a good number. So you go look at this first four series. There's 13 total games. 60% of that is an 8-5 and five record. Now, my opinion is if a lot of Astro fans, after the New York Yankees series, look and see that the Astros are 8-5, and five, they're going to feel a little disappointed. But that is on pace to win 97 games. So let's go over these games. As you only only pitch-ups I really know are the first ones for the other teams, and I'm just guessing. I'm going in order and assuming the Astros keep it like this. So the first series, you got Verlander and Cole, which we always feel confident we're going to win when they're pitching. But if you look at who Tampa Bay is throwing out there, it's Blake Snell, who won the Cy Young Award, and Charlie Morton. So think of how confident Tampa Bay is knowing they got those guys pitching. You think Justin Verlander's good. Blake Snell did better than he did. So anyway, I think a lot of people with the Astros probably look at this. We're going to play Tampa Bay. They have a horrible schedule. They have a horrible stadium. Let's go over there and sweep these guys or win three out of four. What I think is more realistic and I'll be okay with it. I will be happy or satisfied, whatever the word is, if they come out of there at two and two, because it's way better than one and three. So let's be super positive. This is what I want to do. Let's be super positive. Let's say the Astros win three out of four. Let's say Verlander and Cole both win these games against Blake Snell and Charlie Morton. And then either Colin McHugh or Wade Miley lose their game. Let's say that. Let's say they go 3-1. and one. And then we go to Texas. We have Brad Peacock, Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole. Let's be super positive and say we sweep them. Then we come back home to Minute Maid Park and play Oakland. You got Colin McHugh, Wade Miley, Brad Peacock. Let's say we win two out of three of those. 
Because Wade Miley isn't going to go 3-0, and and Colin McHugh is, I don't know. He's, he almost feels like a loss to me. I don't know. I, I have to see how he pitches. So let's say we win two out of three, and then we play the Yankees, and we win two out of three. Let's say Verlander, Garrett Cole both win, Colin McHugh loses, we go two and one. So after all the four series, 13 games, we have a record of 10 and three. Super positive. So if you don't think that's super positive, three out of four, sweep, two out of three, two out of three. I think that's positive. Maybe some, maybe super, super positive will be to sweep Oakland. But I'm just saying. So in order for this to happen, if you look at this 10-3 and three record with everything that went on that I said, that would mean, and it's not impossible, that would mean Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole would both have to go 3-0. and oh. That is possible. And I, I won't even say it's not realistic. It's possible. I wouldn't even be surprised. But I'm just saying, you've got Colin McHugh losing a game, one of the other guys losing a game, and then Colin McHugh losing again, and everybody else winning. That's a 10-3 and three record. And that, I think, is what everybody with Houston Astros the Astro fans are so spoiled, that's probably what they would expect. Like I said, if they go 8-5, and five, I think people will be a little disappointed. But 8-5 and five is good. I'm just putting that out there. So let's say we're being realistic and a little on the negative side. Let's say we go into Tampa Bay and go 2-2. Two and two. And then we go to Texas and somebody loses. Could be Brad Peacock, Verlander, Garrett Cole... Maybe the bullpen blows a game. I don't know, but let's say we lose one of those and we go 2-1. and Because what are the odds that we're going to sweep the Rangers? I mean, they're our rival, and I just, I can't see it. I mean, they are bad, but it's not like a regular bad team. It's the Rangers. It's our rival. I can't, I wouldn't bet money that we're going to sweep them because I'm realistic. And then let's say we go against Oakland and we only lose one and we go 2-1. and one. And then, realistic, negative, let's say we only win one game against the Yankees. Well, that record is 7-6. and six. So super positive is 10-3, and three, and being realistic and a little negative is 7-6. and six. And 60% gets you to 97 wins. That is 8-5. So 8-5, I am totally okay with the Astros being 8-5. So that's all we're going to talk about now about the schedule. We'll be right back. You're listening to Astros Baseball. Okay, so before we let you go, here is a quick update on the podcast. As far as the March giveaway, it is March 27th. So you're looking at about three and a half days left for the giveaway. And we only have 16 people that have entered. So if you want to enter, text me at 210-919-1695 or find me on Twitter at Rob Fontenot or at Astros Podcast. Uh, Later tonight, I will put the list out and uh, with the 16 names on it. And if you have Twitter, you can verify that your name is on there. 
If not, uh, if you don't have Twitter, you can text me again, 210-919-1695 to verify that you're on there. But there is 16 names. Uh, so you still have a few days left if you want to be a part of this, if you want to win any hat that you want on Fanatics. I saw a uh, they had a sale going today, free shipping, anything over 29 bucks. So that's usually a pretty common uh, sale. Also, we need to figure out if you have any ideas on, uh, you could send it on the podcast, I mean on the uh, Twitter page for the podcast, what do you think will be a good giveaway next month? I'll kind of look around on Fanatics and see if I can find something cool, maybe another uh, memorabilia type thing. We'll see what happens. So another thing I want to talk about the podcast was, I've been talking to someone from Overtime Media I was thinking about moving the podcast over to join that group. And uh, one question that I didn't ask him. Now, I knew it would have ads, but there's one question I forgot to ask him. And I was getting so close to finalizing this deal. And uh, the answer was how many, I mean, the question was how many ads are we putting in these podcasts? Because, you know, mine are only 25 maybe 30 minutes at the most, and he said three. So three ads, and they are 30 to 60 seconds each. So that kind of turned me off a little bit. And it was also a little bit more work as far as building the podcast because the one I use Anchor now, it is super easy. And so that's two things, but I don't know. I think maybe I just might stay local and just, stay by myself and quit worrying about all this stuff and just stay a little guy. You know what I mean? I'll just stay a little guy. So speaking of Anchor, now that the season is getting ready to start, you've heard people leave messages. So I want to offer this to you. The people that talk to me on Twitter, get the Anchor app. Just get on your phone, go to the app store, type in Anchor. It's free. You don't have to make a podcast, but it'll. you just enter your name. Your podcast will be your name. And then you find Astros Baseball on there. You favorite it, and then you just find me, and you put message. You record a one-minute message and send it to me. I can play it. I'd love to hear your opinions on how you think the Astros are going to do. I'd like to hear you how angry you are. After they get beat, I want to hear from you, and I want to put that on the podcast because I think that will make it better. I just want people to be engaged, and I think it'll be good. So get the Anchor app. Send me a message to be a part of the show. Also, if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts or whatever else you listen to it, don't forget to subscribe so you can always hear when I have a new podcast. And like I said always, if you have time, give me a rating And if you have a little bit extra time after that, you can also give me a review. Everything's looking good on there. Uh, So anyway, uh, that is the podcast. I'd like to thank everyone out there for listening. Uh, There's one thing. If, If anything comes out sounding different in this podcast, if things aren't worded correctly, I just want to say, and actually I should have said it earlier, but this is the end of it. But usually I record the podcast in order. But this time I just recorded all the segments and then I threw everything else in before and after 
and in between, if that makes sense at all. But anyway, I hope it was still seamlessly and you enjoy it. Uh, tomorrow, folks, Astros play tomorrow. Justin Verlander, Blake Snell. I have a feeling sometime during the podcast I called Blake Snell Cy Sneed. I just have a feeling that sometime during the podcast I did that, and I apologize. So anyway, that's it, folks. I appreciate everyone out there for listening, and we'll see you next time on Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.